1: This is the Busted Open Podcast.
2: You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon
1: Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to Busted Open Podcast, the Masters Class. Dave LaGreca here. Don't forget, you can listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. And please subscribe to the busted open podcast available on apple spotify stitcher and pandora and this is a show unique only to the busted open podcast the master's class and we bring our masters of the ring bully ray tommy dreamer mark henry gentlemen good morning to you
2: what's good morning
1: good to have you all back together again um, this uh,
3: this feels like the end of the movie Grease. And I'm talking about Grease 1, not Grease 2 because we know Grease 2 sucks. Angie and Smed is the drizzling shits. But at the wow. end of Grease 1 when the gang is all back together in the like, Wop Wop Bamboo. That that's what it feels like right now cuz we're all back together. Back together again. It's the end of Grease. Me and me and Dreamer and Mark are going to get in the back of a 57 Chevy and we're going to drive off into the clouds. It's a lot of weight though. I don't know. We might not make it.
1: <laughs> or the theme could have been the welcome welcome back, Cotter theme. Could have welcome been the theme back. into the pod. Welcome back. Welcome but it's good back. to have everybody back we here on the master's class. Have. School <laughs> is in session. And obviously, we one of the top. Still. And Bully will <laughs> sing throughout the show. Um, <laughs> um, a big topic uh, um, busted open this past week was Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. And and a scene that happened on SmackDown and the realism of what actually took place backstage when that happened, when things went awry in the ring, off script, if you will, and actual real emotions outside the ring and in the back. So I figure a good topic for today is when storylines get real or when realism becomes storyline. So I think that's a good topic. So bully, when you hear that, when you talk about realism and there's been a lot of realism in the world, the professional wrestling, what do you think about?
3: Um, I'm going to go down the road of when realism becomes storyline. And the two examples that I always use on busted open, um, about very real life stories that were able to somehow be worked around and brought into the ring was Edge, Matt Hardy, and Lita, and the one that I actually got to witness with my own eyes, which was Jeff Jarrett, uh, Kurt Angle, and Karen Jarrett, and these were very, very real life occurrences, incidences where you know one person is with the other, then they find themselves liking somebody else, and you know, marriages involved and children involved. And I've always had a lot of respect for, especially the Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Angle, Karen Jarrett situation, because they were, there was a a lot of animosity because of that very real life situation that went on. And Kurt and Jeff were able to somehow do business together and 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 that screams of professionalism when you can have a situation happen in real life that would normally tear people apart and then the true pro wrestler in you comes out and you realize you know what personally this really bothers me it's a rough situation but there can be money made with this we can sit down and do business and that's why I'm a, like very cut and dry and pro wrestling because to me the business is always about the story the business is always about the match. I've been in the ring with plenty of people that I was not best friends with and Lord knows that I've been in the ring with people who I've not been on their Christmas cards list, but I have done great business with them and that's the only thing that matters so when i see an edge a matt hardy and alita have their real life situation but be able to kind of bury the hatchet for the time being and get in there and do good business that's going to generate a dollar or generate a rating i always appreciate that same thing with the the kef the jeff and kurt and karen story and those are the two most real life things that i ever witnessed where people could kind of put their differences to the side and do some great business together in the middle of the ring.
1: And it's it's interesting in a way, too, because I guess when you're talking about with TNA, with Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle, you're actually a fly on the wall while this is occurring because this is happening on the show that you are currently on. So I would feel that, yes, this is best for business. Also very awkward because – Bully, you know this is a real-life situation. Like you said, this is, a, this is a marriage. Children are involved, but you also know, especially right now in the world of wrestling, and it brings it back to Becky and Charlotte, nothing is behind closed doors anymore when it comes to the pro wrestling business. Like, everything seems to be out in the open for the public to see and to experience. And being in the public and out in the open
3: is is not what happened um, when, you know, Kurt and Jeff had their situation, or maybe Matt and Edge had his their situation. I mean, the internet was around, but nowhere near the way it is with social media today. And, you know, everybody knows everything about anything that goes on. Uh, imagine you could be a fly on the wall when Jeff and Kurt had to sit down for the very first time and actually talk about this and do business together. I recently saw Jeff Jarrett, Dave, actually, you were with me. We were at the ECW Arena for Battleground uh, Championship Wrestling. We did an autograph session there, and me and Jeff were talking, and he was talking about how he loves the show and yada, yada. And I said, Jeff, I actually use your real-life situation as, um, as an example of how business can be done no matter what. I don't care what the animosity is. And I think in modern-day pro wrestling today, there are too many emotions and feelings involved. Tommy can attest to this. I watched Jim Cornette walk into the ECW arena in 96 or 97. Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman hated each other, wished death upon one another. And Cornette walked across the ECW arena, through the dressing room, walked up to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman got up out of his seat. They shook hands and they hugged. These were men that could not stand one another, yet they were able to do incredible business with one another. I don't see that going on anymore today. Tommy, do you remember that?
4: Uh, No, I was in the ring when that all happened because I was going to get jumped, but um, I never saw that. And I mean, it was a one shot deal, but yes, it was a one shot deal that really, really worked. And I know Jim has talked about it on his side, um, but yeah, they had real life animosity. And, you know, when you're going back to the edge, Matt Hardy thing uh, it got Matt Hardy, his job back. Cause remember he was released and through social media, even though it wasn't as strong, but then it picked up a whole whirlwind because fans were chanting his name when Uh, He was no longer there. And so he got back and, and the best part about this all is like you think about it hindsight back then, like you said, it's all you're fueled with emotion, but it all worked out in the end for different people like you look about like that stuff that happened so long ago and it's just like, you know. Eh, we have kids uh, It was it was just a different time for, for most of those people But it's emotions get uh, involved in it I know for me When my real life situation Was when Raven came back to the original ECW He was not the Raven uh, That was there before And him and I had a lot of real life animosity My biggest thing was hey, at times this company is dying. I stayed. Um, Paul literally cried when I said, like, hey, I want to go to WCW because they're offering me a boatload of money. And I was like, you let all these people leave, but not me. And, you know, they left for the money. But for me back then, Raven was just here so he could then go to WWE And using this place Like my whole thing was like He's using you For To get somewhere else And he was like I don't care We need this We were just getting on TNN Uh, You Bub and Devon were leaving So we needed a big act for Television and television ratings And There was a lot of animosity Between us Just because he was a different person He was You know Um very, very difficult to work with, um, at times lazy because he was kind of, you know, Raven was famous for his bump card and saving himself. So if he went to WWE and, man, I took a, a lot of offense to it, to like, you know, challenging him to, uh, you know, get up and hit me, bro. It's just all I need you to do is stand, punch me once. I'll give you that. And I'm happy that we patched up all those differences, but that was a whole different dynamic dreamer and Raven and we were tag team champions that did not get along. And yes, we were not getting along and that was real, but it did good business. I don't realize that until way later, but back then, like you said, it was all emotion. And it was also like, okay, well he left. Why can't I, why can't I go out there and make hundreds of thousands of dollars and come back? And, but then that's also, you need growth within yourself to realize that but that you can't what's that saying you can't see the forest before you see the trees you can't appreciate that when you're in that circumstances or it's you know as petty as and you've we've all gone through this why is that person beating me that has been in everyone's head at one point in our life and i think there's not one wrestler that ever said to themselves like you know that person shouldn't be beating me I, i i mean i think we've all had
2: that Am I wrong?
3: No, but I would
2: definitely say, yeah. I mean, there was, there were times where I felt like I was a better draw. I felt like that I, the, the interests of the fans and other people got, um, they got over, not just on me, but before me.
4: And that's and with no personal animosity towards anyone, right? That's, that's with just no personal animosity.
2: Yep. Just being competitive. Um I, I don't I don't ever remember having an issue like that that related to real life. But I had a lot of respect for, like Bully was saying, for Jeff and Kurt because the families were involved, they stood there as men and they did business. I don't I don't care whether or not they were ever like cool or anything, because um, I I subscribe to the theory that my name is Bennett and I ain't in it. I, I never got involved in other people's business. Uh, I, I try my best to like, if my wife will tell you, if anyone starts gossiping, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you weren't there. You heard the story. You're telling me a story you heard. I I, I can't listen to this. Now on this program, it's our job to dissect, break down and explain stuff with all the right information. We're not, we're not uh, giving spoilers. Well, I gave one a couple of weeks ago, but <laughs> we're not giving spoilers. We're not stirring the pot. We're not giving misinformation. We are making everything clear, crystal clear. Otherwise, I wouldn't do this. I don't like angst. And when the whole thing with Lita and Matt, people in the locker room, hey, man, did you hear? I I don't want to know. But I respect the fact that they still were able to do business. And not just do business, but do great business.
4: Mm -hmm. And Dave, uh, you and I were talking before all this. I mean, you brought up uh, the, to me and you, the biggest one ever was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels that we all saw each and every week portray on television. That was, I think that was probably the biggest box office uh, personal animosity between two guys.
1: I mean, that that was played out and brought in a new era of pro wrestling. Like if it wasn't for that Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart feud, you never would have got that Vince McMahon character that really guided to the attitude era in a lot of ways. Like, I, you know, you you think about the success, but the real life animosity like Shawn Michaels went on to be one of the greatest of all times. And Bret Hart, not long after that, his career was over. So like each road went in a completely different direction. Like, you know, like you're talking about like Bully brings up uh, Jeff Jarrett and and Kurt Angle as, as somebody as a married man and somebody who's been divorced. I don't I don't know if I could sit in a room and do business with somebody like, you know, I don't I don't know if I could, you know, I with, think of the degree of professionalism that yes. It takes. Yes. Matt Hardy was heartbroken. You know, and, and Matt Hardy, because of the situation, right, for a time, lost his job and and then came back and then did that business, you know, to be able. I mean, what must have been going on in Edge's head when he's in the ring with somebody like Matt Hardy? Like, I'm sure he's like, all right, this guy's professional. He's a professional wrestler. But who knows? Dude, what's going through Jeff Jarrett's head when he's in the <laughs> ring with Kurt Angle? I mean, seriously.
2: Yeah. Do you, I think that would be Kurt more Kurt could have snatched him up like that.
3: Yep. You know, Tommy, you just mentioned um, times in our career where we knew that we should not have lost or voiced our opinion about not wanting to lose. And to me, it's all about always learning a lesson in this industry, no matter how old you are. And I remember one night we, show, we showed up, I think, to SmackDown uh, television, and they wanted us to drop the tag championships to London and Kidman and London and Kidman were like a brand new team. It, they might have been teaming together for the first time that night. And I was like, wait a minute, this, this does not sound right at all. I have to go to Vince and I go to Vince and I said, <clears throat> I don't think this is a good finish. I don't think this works. Why are we going in this direction? He goes, because an Owen 15 team can beat a 15 and O team on any given sunday uh, and, and he said in this business it can happen even more and then the light bulb went off i said yeah that's right the best team in football can get beat by the worst team in football on any given sunday because you don't know what team which team is going to show up and that you know well, well the dudleys were the best tag team at the time and these other guys were brand new but these brand new guys were able to uh to beat us it just, it's all about that learning experience, and you just triggered that memory, so I felt like getting it out there.
4: But Was I, it London and Kendrick or London and Kidman?
3: London and Kidman. No, I'm sorry. No, London and Kidman. Billy Kidman and Paul London, yes.
4: Really? And they won the yes. tag titles?
3: Yes, they beat us for the tag tables like like night one, because I remember that Kidman did a shooting star press, and his knee went right into my eye, and I had a black and blue eye for like two months.
4: Wow. I'm surprised you didn't go back to Vince and say on any given Sunday, but Vince, today's Friday.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I learned something. And and as I've said before, I've learned so many great one-on-one lessons from Vince. And, you know, everybody always talks about the relationship that you form with Vince and Vince wants you to form a relationship with him. I don't know your experiences, but the both of you, I'm sure you have great relationship with Vince. But when the old man pulls you in a, in, a, in, a, in a room just to smarten you up on his own, that's a big deal because he has minions who do that for him. But if he's pulling you in and he goes, listen, don't do this, Personal. do this, or yeah, you know, that, that, that's why till the end of time, I always have a lot of respect for the man.
1: So let me ask you this, boy. And it makes sense if you think about it, because we've seen it in the world of sports all the time, where the ultimate underdog beats the the world beaters that nobody thinks could ever lose. When he takes that time out to tell you something, because like you just said, there's minions, there's staff that usually, I guess, funnel that information from Vince McMahon to the wrestlers. So I guess this is a question for all of you, but like when he takes that personal time to bring you in, the, I would think at that point, it's almost impossible to disagree because he must feel that strongly enough to bring you in on a personal level to share that with you. Mark? Yeah, I
0: think
2: that that's the case. I mean, I sit here and it wasn't an issue with another wrestler. I mean, if I had an issue, you know, I had an issue with Vince himself and we would talk and uh, he he would hear you. But then he would give you his point, and I told you several times that it's hard to argue with him. You go in thinking one thing, and then you leave going, holy shit, I didn't even look at it like that. And did he sell you a lemon? Maybe for that show, but in the long run, it always turned out the right move.
4: Turning a Can negative talk- into a positive. I always hung out with Paul Heyman, so I I got I won most of my arguments with Vince. But I had a pick. <laughs> I had to pick and choose. If I went and, to Vince and- every time I lost, I'd be serving him lunch every week. <laughs>
3: <laughs> ah. You know, and and talk about you know how like things, uh, how art imitates life. Like, how about the McMahon family, always willing to put themselves in there and do whatever it takes to get the story. Vince taking of the bumps. Um, Linda taking a tombstone from Kane, uh, Linda having to watch Vince make out with Trish, uh, Stephanie getting smacked, Shane getting destroyed. I mean, that family was just willing to put themselves on the line at any given moment in, in any given aspect of
2: what we do. And well, this is a completely different podcast. Yeah, this is, this is different. I mean, like we can get into that one one day, but, um, there would be no Hall of Pain if it wasn't for an incident where Vince played a joke on me. There'd be no Hall of Pain.
1: Well, this is it definitely going to have to be true another episode anger
2: of, of me after the joke where I was like, Man, you can go and take your wrestling and shove it. Like, I'll kick your ass. And him seeing
1: that guy was like, Shit, if you could do that we can make some real money. Well, stick a pin in that because I feel like we're going to have a Vince McMahon master's class at some point here on the Busted Actually, Open podcast. Actually, that's, that's a great podcast for next time. Our best Vince stories. All right, so next week on the, on the Busted Open podcast, the master's class, we'll dive into Vince McMahon. But gentlemen, I think if, you, if you're talking about business and maybe the WWE will see the business that's in Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. First of all, storyline-wise, it's definitely something that they need to tap into. But I think for realism and maybe even real-life animosity, it's going to do great business for the WWE. Tommy, Mark, Bully, great having the team back together here on the Masters class. We go together like Rama Lama Lama the ding
3: ding together forever. Like bop you, wobba you biddy boom, but come on, you guys,
1: come on, Busted man. Busted open a remember, musical but... coming soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, for Mark Henry, for Tommy Dreamer, for Bully Ray, thanks for listening to Busted Opens the Masters Class. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and comment on our podcast. Don't forget, you get content that you can't get on SiriusXM. But speaking of SiriusXM, you can listen to us live for three hours each day, Monday through Saturday, 9 to noon on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. We'll talk to you next week right here on Busted Open's The Masters Class. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producers are Gabby Laspisa and Josh Freeman. Sound designed by Mary Bayon. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen and SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. The
0: longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?